Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're living in special days, special times. Thank you, music team. Didn't they do a wonderful job? Amen. I appreciate their commitment, their sacrifice. Amen. Praise God. But we are living in special times. I think more and more people are coming to the realization that liberty and security cannot come from a man-made institution. I'm sorry, not even our hallowed document of the Declaration of Independence. Amen. But you can only find it in one place, in the presence of the Almighty God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it is starting to sweep. Have you heard about this Ashbury? Amen. Revival that is going on. There's lines of up to a mile long of people trying to get into that place. It's continuous prayer and worship. And God is doing miraculous things. What about the revival here at Richland at the Tower of Pentecost? Hey, man, we've got a body. We've got a mind and a people. If we just come together and worship the Lord, amen. Man, we don't have to put a, a time uh, uh, standard on it. We can just say, hey, today's the day that we declare revival here in Richland. And we begin to worship and pray. And then, you know, everything is, hey, I don't know where Jeff's at. He hasn't been at work. Maybe he's at the church praying. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. No, I'm not crazy. This is what God wants to do. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. It's so good to be here today. Amen. Amen. Have all of our guests with us. Hallelujah. It's good to see Shirley again. Praise the Lord. I know you were here a year or so ago. And praise God. Good having you back. Good seeing each and every one of you. Congratulations to Michaela and Daniel for their state championships. And both of them. Hey, I, I children, they're arrows. That's what the Bible says, right? I, I influenced people for bad when I was a teenager. Really bad. Shameful stuff that don't talk about. So I've made it my 
feel that have my kids try to influence like an arrow. Poosh. I'm shooting them into Kennewick High. I'm shooting them into Hamford High. I want them to stand out, be a leader. Don't encourage kids to do the wrong thing, but encourage kids to do the right thing. Right? Brother Hurst, hey, we're playing Little League because I want my kids to be a witness out there. <laughs> Jacob was on Nate's Little League team, started bringing him to Sunday school as a boy, 12 years old, then junior camps, senior camps, and now he married a Christian lady, and he's a great Christian man here in our church. This young man in the white right here, if you don't know, his name is Sebastian. He's been here uh, quite a few times. If you ask him this, he'd probably say this is his home church. Amen. And uh, anyway, Sebastian, he is doing a fundraiser for his lacrosse team uh, for Hanford High School. And uh, they're like the... Richland is the big, the big, you know, the firstborn, so they get all the money. Hamford's like the, you know, they don't get much. <laughs> and so they are doing a little fundraiser. He asked me to help him out in that. And they have little uh, cards. I think you've probably seen them before, $25. And they are loaded with great deals. How many of you like to eat? I like eating, right? And so if you like eating... I can't remember the last one. I, was, I buy them for everybody that asked me, right? And I just hand them to the place. And we were at Subway. Got two large footlongs for the price of one. That's a $15 savings. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you'd like to help him out, see Sebastian after service. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you. This morning, um, <clears throat> before I go into the title, when they were singing that song, I was thinking of David, King David. You know, if there was ever a born leader, it was him, right? I mean, I, Samuel, born leader. There's a few of them in the Word of God that are born leaders, and, and David is one of them. I mean, here he is. He's a young boy. He's He's, he's, he's been watching his father's sheep, and it's the time of war. <laughs> and he comes to check on his, on his uh, brothers, and here is this massive, uncircumcised Philistine standing and declaring a challenge to the armies of the living God. And the king at the time, who was head and shoulders taller than anybody in the kingdom, they were all hiding. And this little boy came in, teenager, however old he was. He said, let me at him. And we know the story, right? Oh, man. David, he's a mountain peak among men in the Bible, right? He truly is. And <clears throat> I think of David and I think, man, I, I want to be like David. Everything. He wanted to marry Saul's daughter. Saul says, okay, here's what you got to do. Boom, boom, boom. 
And you would have looked at that and thought, well, that might be a little tough. David, he doesn't even bat an eyelash. He just goes out and gets the job done, right? Everything about him. He's on the run. He's got his, he's got his followers with him. His wife and children, all the women are taken. Comes back. His men talk about stoning him. And the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Oh, boy. Wouldn't that be great? I, I try to hold myself to those standards. I mean, there are times when it's like everything is against me. It seems like at times, right? How am I going to get through this? Sometimes I've even put it upon myself. Sometimes I think I haven't. But it's like, how am I going to deal with it? And I could never have been in that situation that David was in. But he's able to say, you know what? Oh, no, this isn't the end of the story. God's got a better outcome than this. He anointed me. He's going to finish the job. But sometimes that's hard and tough. <clears throat> so I want to talk to you this morning about this. When I don't have the spirit of David. When I don't have the spirit of David. So let's pray, if you wouldn't mind. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for this gathering here this morning. Thank you for what you're doing across our country, Lord. God, in this revival in the east of our country that you're doing, God, I, I pray that it continues and that eyes are open and revelation and understanding would come forth, O oh Lord God, and salvation would be brought to many, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would let that happen here in our midst, O oh Lord God. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. You know, David, he's famous for, well, he's famous for a lot of stuff, but maybe his most famous writing is the 23rd Psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd. And so he knew what it meant to have a shepherd and be a sheep. He was taking care of his father's sheep when Samuel went to his father's house and he went and tried to anoint, tried to anoint the sons and none of them were chosen before God. The testimony that he had with Jesse, he says, are these all your sons? And Jesse says, no, there remaineth one. He keepeth my sheep. Right? And he didn't say, yeah, I got one. I have no idea where he's at. He could be running around. No. He keepeth my sheep. Boy, I tell you what, you that are young, you help your mom, you help your dad. Amen. You want to be a testimony like that where mom and dad says, you know, David, I don't got to worry about him. I know he's doing what he should be doing. He's out there keeping my sheep. Amen. But he, so he knew a lot about sheep. I want to show you this picture right here. You ever seen that before? 
Show them the next one too, please. This, something happens to sheep. Somehow they get on their backs. And when they get on their backs, they cannot get up. And you just can't go and flip them over too. And if they're laid in that position long enough, they will die, suffocate. Okay? And they're very vulnerable. Foxes, coyotes, wolves, bobcats, because they've got all their tenders right there exposed to them. I watched a video on how to handle a, a sheep like that. And this shepherd was showing. You ever seen a baby giraffe, right, doing this? They, they're not even comparable to a baby giraffe. You flip that thing over, and it's like paralyzed laying there. I mean, it takes minutes, 15, 20 minutes, massaging its legs out and getting everything going. There's been a few times in my life I felt just like that sheep. Just like that, just like that. Right? I want to talk to you this morning about a few individuals. Sister Corey did a great job. I had this message. I was going to preach it last month, and the pastor called me the morning I was going to preach it. He said, hey, I really feel I want to, I got something from God. And I'm like, hey, no problem. You got it. Go for it. Right? And so then Corey, Sister Corey, spoke the, the uh, next week. And she was hitting on some of my message, and I was like, okay, all right, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. She did such a great job, and I'm going to cover a little bit of what, uh, uh, what she was talking about, amen, and then I'm going to go into some other things. Uh, but I want to talk to you this morning about somebody who did everything that they were told and directed to do. And ended up in a situation just like this. Felt like there was no hope left for her and her son. She didn't have the strength of David to encourage herself. Listen, this, if it hasn't happened to you, it will happen to you. You will be in a situation like this, right? Would you give me Genesis 21, 14 through 19, please? So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it her and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Just think. She's given to Abraham. She has a child. She watches Abraham rejoice over her son. He, he loves this boy. She's got feelings of affection as a woman would have for a man who, who gives her a child or she gives him a child, however you want to look at it. She's already dealt with uh, one time being forced out by Sarah and God tells her to go back. And now all of a sudden she wakes up. Abraham says, hey, get Ishmael, your son, over here. Here's a loaf of bread and a bottle of water. Good luck. Don't worry. You'll be all right. Don't know where you're going. She wandered in the wilderness. 
Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness, and the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot, for she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. You know, sometimes you end up in that position like that sheep, and you think, how is this happening? What have I done? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Why is this happening to me? It happens in life. I've been there, right? Now, I've been in the other examples, too, that I'm going to give. But I've been in this situation. So she sat opposite of him and God, and she began to cry. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Amen. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Corey did a good job going over this scripture. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. Amen. She didn't have the spirit of David that day, but it's all right <laughs> because regardless of where we are, we are always in the presence of the Almighty God. We may not have the spirit of David, but I've got the spirit of Jesus. He's always with me, amen. Though I don't feel like sometimes at times that I can slay the giant, and I'm more like that sheep in a position where I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of, and I haven't got the ability to encourage myself in the Lord and to say there's coming something better in my life. I don't need to worry because I know this that I'm never too far from the Lord there's never a situation where he can't reach in and save me and straighten things and work things out in my life amen Woo. God has not cast you aside he has not forsaken you he has not forgotten about you he has not given your anointing to another amen it's your calling you're his child amen the promise is yours amen praise God hallelujah praise the Lord thank you Jesus there are times like Hagar when we want to just give up. Aren't you glad you got a Savior who never gives up? <laughs> he never goes on. We go on vacation. He never goes on vacation. <laughs> He's always right there. We go, we think we're at the limit, right? <laughs> I can't take any more. The tears are pouring down. My marriage, whatever it might be, my children, my work, my job. They just, they just repoed my car. What am I going to do? And then there's that still, small voice. Jeff, I'm right here. I will not leave you 
nor forsake you. I'm right here. Ooh. Sometimes he's not in the fire. Sometimes he's not in the thunder. Sometimes he's not in the earthquake. He's in that still, small voice. He initiates the contact. I didn't call upon him, but he calls upon me. And he says, hey, Jeff, I'm right here by your side. Don't you worry. I know the waves look big. I know the sea looks rough, but you're going to make it. Amen. You're my child. You're my son. You're going to make it through this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, but Brother Woods, and she was innocent. God knows that I'm a sinner. Oh, if you knew the things that I've done. Let me read you a story. It's found in the book of John, chapter 8, starting in verse 2. This is speaking of Jesus. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, <clears throat> and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, <clears throat> they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. <clears throat> and look what they do. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. They're right. Leviticus 20, I think it's 17 or 13. It clearly says. It's repeated in Deuteronomy 22 and 22. Remove that evil from the camp. Kill them. It's clearly written out in the law. <clears throat> but what do you say, Jesus? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. They thought they had him trapped. Right? They thought they had him trapped. Was he publicly going to go against Moses and the law? Or was he going to sentence somebody to death that they had no authority to do since they were under Roman rule? They thought they had him. And you know what he did? This is great. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. He acted like he couldn't even hear him. I've heard all kinds of messages on what he wrote. Mercy, grace, 
It's debatable. But I'll tell you, I think I know the reason why he did that. The answer is found in Exodus 31 and 18. Can you give me that, Brother Cliff? The Ten Commandments, the law. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. They started to bring up the Moses and the law against the one who wrote the law. He says, you boys don't even have a clue who you're dealing with. He gets down and starts writing this in there, just like he had done thousands of years earlier with Moses. Amen. They missed it. They had no idea that he was God manifest in the flesh. They had no idea that a virgin would bring forth the son, and they should call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew tells in chapter 1 that Emmanuel being interpreted is God with us. They missed it when he said that hey, the miracles that you see me do, it's not me in the flesh that does it. It's my Father who dwelleth in me. He does the miracles. He does these things. It's not anything of myself that could do it. When they picked up stones to stone him, he said, why stone me for a good work? They said, we don't stone stone you for a good work, but you, we stone you for this because you, being a man, make yourself God. They kind of got what he was doing. They just got it backwards. He wasn't a man trying to make himself God. He was God, revealing himself to all of humanity as a man. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They had it all wrong. Ah. Boy. They had it all wrong. That's why. Watch this. Could you go back to John chapter 2? Or no, excuse me, John chapter 8. There we go. You're on it, Brother Cliff. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, can you imagine trying to outwit God? I mean, we got some pretty smart thinkers in here, right? Oh, man. I watch my children try to outwit my wife, and I'm like, it's a losing battle, guys. Why do you even try? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. So they think they've got Jesus cornered. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Oh, boy. I tell you, smoke started coming from their ears. <laughs> their wires started to get crossed, right? <laughs> and look what he does. And again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. Oh, boy, when this was coming to me, this thought came to me last night. As he stooped down again the second time. 
God had to give the law twice because Moses broke them all in one angry deal, right? Amen. But here's the thing. God is merciful to his people Israel. He came to them the first time, but he will allow again before that great day of judgment. He's going to bring the law, which is Moses, and he's going to bring the prophets, which is Elijah, and he's going to allow those two to go and to minister to the Jews and to say Jesus is in fact the Messiah, the one that you crucified. Amen. He's going to give them. He's a God of mercy and grace. And He's going to get in there and write in the sand the second time. Amen. Even though He was doing this, they couldn't see it. But He's going to give them a second opportunity. They rejected this Jewish Messiah and they rejected this Jewish salvation. So God had no choice. Ten years after the death of Jesus, uh, he turns to a people that were not a people. The Gentiles, you and I. Acts chapter 15, the people of the name. Amen. You see, they missed it. They didn't understand. I I told this yesterday to the men. Do we have a great time at that? Sam, thank you. Brother Mark, thank you. You know, there are a lot of times I'm out of town on Saturday, and I got a lot going on, but I wanted to be here, and it is some of the best fellowship. Amen. I tell you what, I love it because... Yeah, we're talking about God and the things of God. It's great. It is a lot of fun. And uh, anyway, thank you for doing that. But I mentioned to these men yesterday, some, I can't remember. Oh, we were talking about Moses. And I said, you know, the thing about that is this, the, the law and Moses, Moses represents the law. It only gets you so far. It can't get you into the promised land. You need a Joshua. You need a Yeshua. You need a Jesus. If you want to get into the promised land, it's not going to be by Moses and the law. It's going to be by the one who shed his blood by the glory of God, the fulfillment of the law, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything in that Old Testament, it is a shadow, a type, and a figure pointing to the perfection of the salvation that was to come, Jesus Christ. Amen. I know that's a hard message for those who hold that law so close to them. It was delivered to their forefathers. They missed it. It wasn't that Jesus was rejecting the law. He was fulfilling the law. It was complete in him. Let me read you some some scriptures here. Could you give me Romans 10, 1 through 4? I'm going to read this out of the Net Bible. Do you have it there out of the Net? Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire. This is Paul. My heart's desire and prayer to God on behalf of my fellow Israelites is for their salvation. Paul, are they lost? Jesus said, except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can I be born when I am so old? Can I enter my, into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot even enter into the kingdom of God. For I can testify that they are zealous for God. Man, they're zealous. They'll pray. We go to these New York Life meetings. They've got prayer rooms just for the Jews. And they're in there so many times a day praying and reading their, reading their scriptures. They're zealous for God. But their zeal is not in the line with the truth. This is Paul. For ignoring the righteousness that comes from God and seeking instead to establish their own righteousness. It's easy to kind of get lifted up. Yeah, that Ashbury deal. I don't know if it's really revival because there's nobody preaching Acts 2.38. Man, I don't want to put my stamp of criticism on that. Right? We know what the truth is. But man, I do not want to diminish anybody's pearls because there's coming a day when I can show them the pearl of great price. For ignoring the righteousness, come back to that one, please, verse 3. For ignoring the righteousness that comes from God and seeking instead to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law with the result that there is righteousness for everyone who believes. Ooh, okay, let's go to Romans 11, the very next chapter. And let's read the first six verses in the net Bible. <clears throat> Yes, God has not rejected His people, has He? Has God rejected Israel? Absolutely not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. Pretty good pedigree. I don't know what mine's like, but probably not too glorious. God has not rejected His people whom He foreknew. God, He knows the end from the beginning. Do you not know what the Scripture says about Elijah? Remember Elijah, the mighty man at Mount Carmel? The manifestation of the power of God manifested through Elijah like had it never been before where the dead were coming alive. You know, as you move through the Old Testament, the manifestation and the power of God gets more and more intense till it finally gets to Jesus Christ, right? Do you not know the Scripture says about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars. I alone and left... And they are seeking my life. I'm the only one that's pure that's left. Sometimes it's real easy to think that you're the only one that's right. 
It's real easy to see things my way. I got to learn to see things your way. That's that great lesson this morning, right? Being a servant. But what has the divine response, but what was the divine response to him? As Elijah was saying, I'm the only one God. They've, they've done all this evil, and I'm the only one that's been pure and kept everything the right way. He goes, I've kept for myself 7,000 people who have not bent the knee to Baal. Elijah did not even know it. Jesse didn't even call David in to be anointed. Sometime a dad, the leaders of the church will miss it. I hope that we're not like that. But it has happened in the past. Right? So in the same way, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Paul says, hey, look, not all of them have rejected this, but there is a remnant of the Jews that, we, that shall be, have chosen by grace. Give me John, or excuse me, one more verse there, verse 6. And if it is by grace, it is no longer by works of the law. Let me put that in there. That's what that's referring to. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. If there was no need for grace, the Israelites would be saved by keeping Moses' law. Right? <clears throat> John 3.17. They missed it. John 3.16 is the scripture everybody knows. But look at 3.17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. I thought, didn't He call, to, call everybody to repentance? Calling people to repentance is not a calling of condemnation. Their, their message was, we have found the Messiah. We have found the one who has eternal life. Who would not want to follow Him? And so what you do then is you turn and no longer live for yourself, but I want to live for God. I lived the first 20 years serving myself. Now I'm serving the Lord. Right? For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And then jump with me to 2 Corinthians 5. 17 through 18. Therefore, we love this scripture, and we use verse 19 a lot too. To wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. We use that as a oneness scripture. But look at verse 17 and 18. 17 we use quite a bit. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Oh, man, we love that, right? Aren't you thankful? I'm thankful. Look at verse 18. And all things are of God, 
who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God hath reconciled the church to himself by the work of Jesus Christ. And here's the money part of this scripture. Look at the end of it. And hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. It is the obligation of the church, the body of Jesus Christ. This is what we are to the world, is the body of Jesus Christ, to continue the ministry of reconciliation to the lost. That's the message that we bring. Let's finish up in John chapter 8. Did I give you that to finish up with? I didn't, did I? Oh, boy. Going back, he picks up his finger. They all start leaving one by one from the oldest to the youngest. The oldest, they've been around longer. They're a little more sensible. They realize, you know what? I made some mistakes in my life. I better throw down this rock. The last one standing was the young teenager guy. That, yeah, he's got to live by the law. I'm going to just throw him out. All right. So, anyway, one time I was setting up the, the uh, church picnic down here at Columbia Point. And I had rented this, the slot down there. I went down that morning and put our signs up, all this. I go down there, and there's a group of Russians in our spot. And I'm there like two hours before the event to get ready to set up. And they got a volleyball net going, and there's guys with their shirts off. They're pretty buffed and ripped, and they're all playing. And they got their food spread out on our tables. I thought, what am I going to do? I've got to get all these people cleared out. I thought, ah, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to go to the oldest one. So I went to the oldest guy there. I said, sir, excuse me, but I had a sign that was on that pole. It's no longer there. Somebody tore it down. I paid a fee for our church to use this building and to set up, and they're going to be here in about an hour and a half. So... I don't know if you can, and as I'm talking to them, they stop playing. And they start making a circle around me, and I hear, I hear the, hey, we don't have to go nowhere. And I just thought, I'm just focusing on the old guy. I'm just focusing on the old guy. And you know what? The old guy, he says, all right, everybody, we got to move down here. And they're like, what? No. We got to move. He moved them all out. I didn't have to fight one of those young guys. And I got that from the Word of God. That story just clicked into my mind. I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the old guy. I got to go. I'm running long. I got one more. Can I, can I give you one more person? Can I give you the cast out? The one who is afraid to come in? Because they've been cast out. They're, they don't feel like they're welcomed. When they come in, they think people are pointing at them. Right? Stories, real quick, two scriptures, Matthew chapter 8, 2 and 3. And behold, 
there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Now look what Jesus does. And you've heard this. You know the story. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. He didn't have to do that. He could have just spoke it and said, be thou clean. But he knew that this man was hurting on the inside. Amen. It was manifested on the outside. Everybody could see his shortcomings. Everybody could see, amen, whatever he had. But there was real pain on the inside. And the only way that was going to be healed was through a touch. Amen. A human touch. I want you to know that there are people out there who feel like if they come in, they'll be perceived as a leper and we've got to hug their neck and shake their hand amen because they're hurting on the inside and we got to give them the love that God wants them why because amen they may not feel like the spirit of David but we want to show them the spirit of Jesus when they come into our presence amen We don't want to make them feel awkward when we run into them at the mall or Walmart. (sighs) How you been? Good seeing you. (sighs) You don't need to give them guilt that they haven't been to church. They already feel guilty. You want to make it a place where they're like, wow, every time I run into them, they're the nicest people. Oh, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was clean. I want the spirit of Jesus. I may not always have the spirit of David. I may not always feel like a giant slayer. I may not always feel like the one who's leading worship out there and dancing. Amen. I may not always feel like that. But I'm comforted in knowing that I've got the spirit of Jesus with me all the time. Amen. He's always with me through the good times and even in the bad times. Amen. If I can have the musicians to come, I've got to close this down I got one minute left and I want to make sure that I don't intrude on your lunch time some of you probably got turkey or ham cooking at home what do we got babe zero okay (laughs) it's all right it's all right it's all right it's all right Hey, I remember the day. Who remembers the days of Top Ramen, right? (laughs) Top Ramen, Top Ramen, Top Ramen. (laughs) Having fun days. Yeah, brother, brother Jeff, I don't know. I'm just, I just don't know. Hey. Yeah, there are some people that are born leaders. David, I wish I was one of them. I'm not. You might think that I am. I'm not. Okay? I'm more like somebody else in the Bible. The Bible said that when he was alive, 
that the enemies of God's people had just taken over the land, that they covered the land like grasshoppers, like locusts. And he didn't pull out the sword and lead everybody into revival. In fact, he was hiding in the wine press. He was from one of the smallest tribes, families of Israel. He was just Mason, the little guy. Hey, dynamite comes in small packages. That kid's tough. Now, he wasn't seeking. He wasn't running out like David. No. God said, Gideon, almighty man of valor, where are you? He said, I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> Hold on a second. In just a matter of days, somebody who had never been known, hiding in fear of doubt and uncertainty, maybe somebody told him, you're not smart enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're not a man. Whatever it might be. Just days later, men who never knew his name were charging and saying, by the sword of the Lord and by the sword of Gideon. And his name is recorded in the heroes of faith. You may not be a natural leader, but God is speaking to somebody today. God is calling you, amen, into the ministry of being a soul winner, of being somebody who wants to carry on the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. I remember when I first came into the Lord, six weeks after I got the Holy Ghost, they asked me to speak at the youth service. I got up there and preached. Everybody afterwards said, oh boy, you're called to preach. You're going to be a preacher. I said, you know what? I'm not worried about a pulpit ministry. Jesus didn't have a public ministry till he was 33. I'm going to teach Bible studies. Not putting that down, right? But, amen. Today, God, I hope God, you're receiving this message the right way. You may not feel like a David. That's all right. I know there are times that you do, and that's all right too. Amen. But when you don't, You've got the Spirit of Jesus. He's always with you. You may feel like that lamb at times, that sheep, not sure how you're going to get out of it. Be comfort. Hear me today. God, amen. He is not He is not looking to bless one above another. Amen. He's no respecter of persons, but He sees you just the same way as He sees me. Amen. He wants to come in 
and reconcile the situation that you can't do on your own. Amen. If you begin to play, if you would stand.